Welcome to Break Free from Corporate, the only podcast dedicated to bringing you business success secrets from leading entrepreneurs with one thing in common. They left the corporate world, became their own boss, and are now living incredible lives. To access previous and all future episodes, visit BreakFreeFromCorporate.com and subscribe today. Well, hi, everyone. It's Gavin Sequera here from Break Free From Corporate, and welcome again to yet another podcast. And today, I'm really, really excited to be having a special guest on this show. We do get a lot of great people on the show, but today I'm really excited. We've got a guy by the name of Robert Curry. Robert Curry is a best-selling author. He's got a book out called Feed a Starving Crowd. He's also a marketing genius. Now, uh, he's someone who's left the corporate world, started his own business, and is literally impacting thousands of lives all around the world. I've heard Robert speak on stage, I've met him in person, and I'm completely inspired by the work that he does. And I hope that you guys get a lot of value out of the stuff that he's going to share today. So without further ado, I'm really excited to be calling on Robert, uh, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. So Robert, anyway, thank you very much for uh, being on this podcast. I'm delighted to be here, Gavin. Fantastic. Now, look, Robert, we've met recently. I've heard you speak at a couple of events. Um, I've got your book, uh, Feed a Starving Crowd, in front of me. I must say it's a, it's a wonderful read. I've, I haven't quite finished it, but uh, I'm fascinated by all the stories that you've got in there. Thank you. It took me a long time to write it, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you're enjoying it. No, thank you very much for that. Um, and look, like I, I said before, a lot of our listeners are people like you and I who have come from the corporate world or are still in the corporate world. They're in their jobs. They're looking for a way out. They're looking for inspiration. And by us sharing your story, I hope that you know we're able to give that to them. Look, I think it's great what you're doing for the community and there's a lot of people that are in the corporate world that aren't happy mm. and it's a big, you know, it's a really big jump to leave the corporate world, the safety and security of a regular paycheck and a, yeah. a good lifestyle and a good income to go out on your own. It's not easy and it's, it's great that you're providing support and direction and I'm delighted to be here today and to share my experience as well. Awesome, awesome. So let's, um, let's start at the beginning because obviously you're in your own business now, you've got a book out there, you're changing a lot of lives by helping people in their business but... You were just like a, a regular person. Um, out, you know, you you had a job. You were in. You were working in the corporate world. G- give us a little bit of background where you came from, and and maybe your journey and how you got into business and and where it all began. Yeah. So essentially, I first got into business when I was sixteen years old. I ran a DJ business. Did you? And okay. Yeah. So most wow. people uh, that were sixteen, at my age at the time, were earning five dollars an hour. Stacking right. shelves at the local supermarket, <laughs> and I I never thought that was a really smart way to use my time. You know, I felt like it was a lot of work and it wasn't much money. You could work and make forty or fifty bucks, and yeah. that just didn't really appeal to me too much. <laughs> so no. I thought, well, if I played, because I had a really good music collection, and I thought, well, if I play good music at parties, um, I can get paid two hundred, three hundred, even four hundred dollars for about five hours work. Sure, and it's easy. I'm just playing music. Yeah. <laughs> So that was the first business I started up. I ran that for about five years and, and did oh, quite wow. well. Yeah. But then I thought, well, I need a real job now. I've finished uni and, uh, you know, I better, yeah, that's enough of this DJ fun stuff. It's time to get a real proper corporate job. Sure. So I did my degree, joined a big corporate. Um, I was in the corporate world for about eight or nine years, worked my way up, 
got to a you know a good middle management level, senior you know senior management in a smaller business, mm-hmm. and had a good team of employees, good six figure income, and things were going well. Yeah. But what I found was that I, I did my MBA also um, mm-hmm. towards the back end of my corporate career and I thought that I was quite smart. Like I was always overachieving my sales targets and I felt that I was you know, kind of too smart to work for someone else and I could, I could start my own business and keep all the money for myself. Like I was making, you know, in sales maybe a, a million dollars, two million dollars some years, two and a half million dollars for the employees I worked for. So I thought, well, if I run my own business and I can sell two million dollars worth of sales, then you know, I can keep a lot more of that for myself rather, exactly, rather than yeah, making, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars of salary. Yeah. And so I went out on my own. I started a video production business. This was in 2010, 2011. Right. So I felt, I felt that, you know, let's look at video because it's an upcoming trend. Mm. YouTube's all the hype right now. Definitely. Everybody needs an online video on their website and mm. most people haven't got video on their website. They've got just a static web page. Very true. So it sounded like a really good idea. And as I got into it, I found that it wasn't quite like that at all. Uh, most people had a really ordinary website and even the ones that had a decent website, they were saying to me, well, Rob, we just spent $10,000 on this website. I don't want to spend another five thousand dollars with you on a video. Like that's the last thing we need right now. Yes. <laughs> and then, and the people that didn't have a good website, they're like, you know, I haven't even got five thousand dollars to spend on a normal on a, to improve my website. Why would I spend five thousand on a video? Exactly. So I was coming up against that objection all the time. And then mm-hmm. the other problem I had was that um, once I did get the project in, it was so much effort and time to manage it because I had to get a video producer, I had to get a director. A camera yeah, guy, it's very editor, labor intensive, isn't it? All that stuff, and I was yeah. project managing the whole thing. Yeah. So, and then I thought, okay, maybe I can learn editing to save some costs on the editor, and I can edit myself, or yeah. maybe I can, you know, get a video camera, maybe video some things myself instead of having to hire the video guy. Exactly. So I thought I'd be smarter and you know cut some costs out of the business so I could make more margin. Sure. And then that didn't work out either because I was a horrible cameraman. <laughs> I was, a, you know, I was a useless editor, yeah, and I hated it as well. Yeah. So I was, so I ended up working, you know, nine a.m. in the morning to midnight every night, doing all these extra pieces that I didn't really need to be doing. Mm. And anyway, to cut a long story short, I got to the end of the year, I made thirty-two thousand dollars in sales. Wow! <laughs> in the whole year, yeah. Um, and when I filed my tax return, there was actually thirty-two and a half thousand dollars of expenses. Yeah, I lost five hundred dollars that year. Yeah. And I worked my whole, you know, I worked my guts off. Sure. I, I couldn't work any more hours than, it was impossible to work any more hours. Yeah. So I, you know, I looked at where I was going. I didn't have any pipeline. Like I didn't have any new clients that were looking forward to doing videos in the either. So, and it was really tough. And I'm just like, this is not right. Yeah. Something's not right here. Like I need to close down this business because I don't like it. No one wants it. It's too hard. It's not and, really uh, sustainable, not is it? Yeah. It's not sustainable. Sure. So I exited that business, closed it down, and I got a job at a marketing agency because oh, yeah. what I really liked was actually doing the marketing. So I, I joined a marketing agency. I set up a new division within that agency. Mm-hmm. So I was, it had its own business name. It had its own profit and loss statement. And I built it from scratch, and we, we grew that to a seven-figure business really quickly, Fantastic. like within 12 months. Yeah. And then um, because I was getting such good results in that business, I decided to write a book about my experiences in marketing because I've been doing marketing my whole career. But yeah. this was the first time where I actually went into a, a marketing agency and offered marketing services to other 
other clients. So I wrote a book about my experiences there, which was called Feed a Starving Crowd. It's been a runaway bestseller. And then last year, because it's been going so well, we decided to spin out Feed a Starving Crowd out of that marketing agency into its own business. Right. So, okay. Now, wow, what a what a transformation from, from where you were to, to where you are now. I mean, let, let's take a step back. So when did you discover that marketing was a passion for you? Because obviously you've tried a number of different things and, and like you said, you know, you had varying degrees of success and then you found, you know, for example, you just didn't like video editing, you know, because a lot of people get into business and they start doing it. Some may end up in there for a number of years hating their, their business. I mean, they hated their job. Then they go into business and they end up hating their business. Um, so you made a decision very early on that, uh, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then it's time to make a change and do something that you do enjoy. That's yep. correct. Yeah, that's correct. Because, and everyone says it, do what you enjoy. But really, like if you're doing something that you hate, mm. life's too short. It's not. It's not worth it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, exactly. And and with all of this this journey that you were on, did you have did you have people around you that were encouraging you to give this a go? You know, give that a go. Or if you're not happy here, maybe try try something else because I find that there's not a lot of support out there for people, especially when they leave the corporate world, uh, you know, to be able to try new things because there's a lot of people who tell you 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 can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very difficult because what tends to happen, especially if you're successful in the corporate world, people are like, why would you, you know, why, what for, why are you leaving? (laughs) Why would you quit? so well. Exactly. Why don't do that? Yeah. I was lucky. I I was supported all the way through. So I didn't, Mm -hmm. uh, like my immediate friends and family were, were supportive of that. Of course, everyone was concerned because, and that's only natural because they're looking out for your best interest. Yeah. So you will have people that say, yeah, absolutely, like, what are you doing that for? <laughs> you know, you've got a good job, <laughs> you're on good benefits, that's crazy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you feel that this is something that you really have a passion to do and you want to get into it, then it's worth it. It's yeah. going to be easy. Don't get me wrong. Nothing's ever, you know, it was, that was a tough year for me that first year. That was not easy at all. Sure. So, and, yes, it's not easy, but it's it's worth it. It's great. Like, it's, it's so much more fulfilling to run your own business that's going well. Yeah. And even if it's not going well, it's still fulfilling to run your own business. No, but exactly. It's, it's, it's more of a lumpy ride. The ups, the highs are higher and the lows are lower, but it's it's great. It's a really good thing to do. And, and look, when you were in your corporate world, you, you were successful, you know, you were doing well, you, you might have even hit a comfort zone, but was, was it really the point where you figured, I, if I could be this successful for someone else, why not do it for myself? Was that a turning point or were you just, um, were you just not satisfied in your job anymore that made you do that transition? I mean, what was, what was, the, what was the number one key factor that sort of made you look outside? Look, I've always been kind of a creative person. So mm-hmm. I like to try new marketing tactics, new yeah. angles, new offers, and, and things like that. And what I found in the corporate world is that there's a lot of structure and processes and hierarchy. And, yeah. you know, if you want to do a marketing campaign, you need seven people to tick it off and <laughs> yes. things like that. And yeah. do you know what the funny thing is, though? That, that's mm-hmm. kind of one reason why they're so successful, because they've got those structures and processes in place. Yeah. Because if you've got 40,000 people in the business and you're a big corporate, well, you need that. Otherwise, how are you going to how are you going to keep the place under control? Exactly. And and th- there's a reason why that's successful because the most senior person is looking for the overall strategy and does your little individual strategy fit within the overall company strategy? So that's mm. that's totally okay. That's there's no I don't begrudge 
corporate for doing that. And I think it's actually quite sensible and it's the best way to run it. Yeah. But what I found is someone coming up, like I always wanted more responsibility. Like I want to, I wanted to be a senior director, you know, when I was still in my twenties, I'm yeah. like, well, I'm smart. I could be a senior director. Sure. Why not? And, but in a big corporate, it's more of, you know, you've got to, got to put your time in yeah. and you know, you're not old enough. You need more experience. But for me, I never really saw how spending an extra year doing something that you hated <laughs> just to get more experience was going to help you in that next job anyway. That's it just didn't point. make sense. Like, I, I, that doesn't make sense it's to me. It's illogical, too. isn't it, really? It's yeah. illogical. Yeah. And, and um, no, it's a very good point. I mean, there's some people who feel they have to, have to put in that extra time just to earn their stripes so that they can you know, take that next step. But when you think about it, like the way you just put it, it, you don't really have to do that if you don't want to. I mean, these days there's a lot more freedom of choice. Maybe, maybe 20, 30, 50 years ago, you know, people had to stay in their jobs a bit longer and they had to put in that time because there wasn't a lot of choice out there. Uh, technology wasn't as abundant and, you know, there weren't all the different media that we have today. But I think we live in different times where you people have that choice. Very true. Yeah. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, tell me, um, with your, your book now, Feed a Starving Crowd, because I'm holding that as we're talking and um, I, I just think the topic and... And just the title in itself is so relevant in today's economy. I mean, um, every business owner needs to be able to tap into the right audience. And, um, you know, with the world being as crowded as it is, uh, if finding that right audience is critical. Yeah, so Feed a Starving Crowd is all about, and you can see why I wrote it. So yeah. if you think about it, the first business I ran, I was certainly not feeding a starving crowd. Like, you know, in 2010, 2011, People did not want video production for online videos. There just was not a demand for it in the marketplace. Yeah. And so I was too early to market. Now, in 2015, that's a different story. Mm. People, uh, there's a lot more demand for it, and it's actually not a bad business to get into right now. But at the time, I was, I was too early to market. So there wasn't, people didn't want what I was selling. And what I say is that when I've reflected back on my career and the different businesses that I've worked in, and the different clients that I've had, when there's a starving crowd of buyers, so when people actually want what you're selling, business is much easier. Sure. And it's a lot easier to get the marketing right. And you know, my mentor Gary Halbert says, if he's got a hamburger stand and you've got a hamburger stand and you're in competition with each other, he'd be very happy for you to have any of the advantages that you wanted in the whole world as long as he had a starving crowd because mm. <laughs> even if your hamburger was better, cheaper, better location, all those kind of things, yeah. it wouldn't matter. As long as you had a starving crowd, that's all that you need to make it successful. Mm. Yeah, because if you haven't got that crowd, well, you haven't really got demand for your business, have you? And you're that's trying to, right. You're trying to sell to people who might not want what you have. Absolutely. That's the last thing you want to be doing. You yeah. know, to educate, that means you're trying to educate the market. Yeah. And you know, educate the market is fine if you're Microsoft and you've got $300 million <laughs> in advertising spend with exactly. a, a new Surface tablet. Yeah. But for me and you <laughs> and the average small business owner out there, we, we don't have, have that kind resources of resources to exactly. educate the market. It's not exactly. going to happen. Exactly. And so would you say for a new, for someone who's getting into their business, let's say for the very first time or, or, or even the second time, or maybe they've just started and they're in their first or second year in business now, um, and they're low on budget, they're low on resources, this is something they should really take notice of, which is rather than trying to put a lot of effort into uh, you know, selling,
match that demand. Okay, back again. Yeah. Oh, did I lose you? Yeah, you lost me. Sorry. Okay, I no. just lost, towards the end of that question, I lost you. So if okay. you want to repeat it. Yeah, I'll repeat that question. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so Robert, what you just said about having the two hamburger stands, if we just uh, you know, go into that example a little bit more, for our, our business owners that are listening to this uh, podcast, maybe some of them are very new in business and some of them uh, have just opened their doors and now they're putting a lot of effort into their sales and they're trying to come up with offers and things to sell to people that they don't really understand, they don't really understand their audience, would you suggest that maybe a better tactic is is work out, what, you know, firstly, is there demand for their product or service? You know, wh- where are the starving crowds? And then and then try and match their product and service to, the, to that demand rather than just pushing things out there. Certainly. Yeah, so I made an assumption mm. when I started my first business that everybody needs videos because videos are the new trend and yeah. that's what needs to happen. But that was a very bad assumption. So what, what I show in my book in Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 is, firstly, like, how to find out if there's actually a starving crowd there for your business. Like, is there, is there people that actually care about what you're selling? Like, how, you know, what are some simple tools you can use and some simple strategies to make it happen? So mm. that's, that's step one. And then step two is, like, once you've worked out if there is a starving crowd or not, then how do you make an offer to these people so you can test inexpensively or even with no cost to you? So one example that I do for some of my private clients is that if they're thinking about launching a new product or service or a new business – We'll get together a small list of people who could be interested in this, mm-hmm. and we'll either call them up or uh, or run a webinar. You know, run right. a very very short webinar that explains all about the new product or service and make an offer to say, "Hey, look, it's going to cost this. It's coming out in two weeks' time. This is what it includes. What do you think? Do you want to buy it?" Yeah, and so that's that's one way of finding out really fast if it's going to work or not. Yeah, the benefits of of that are. You don't have to actually create the product or quit your job before you even launch. So I like you can, it. you can, and you can start making sales and then use those sales to actually fund the product development. Really interesting point you just brought up there. So this is something low cost, in fact, probably no cost um, to, to do. And you can do this while you're in your job. If you are in your corporate job at the moment, if you're listening to this, or if you've just started a business and you're very tight on budget, uh, you can actually almost product test. Uh, you know, your idea or your concept before you actually create it. And I've done this a number of times. Yeah. So the first time I did it, um, I wanted to set up a new online training course. Yeah. But I didn't know if anybody wanted to buy it. So what I did was I collated all the different lists I had together. So like business cards, LinkedIn contacts, mm-hmm. email databases and things like that. And I sent them an email saying, look, I'm going to run a webinar on this topic next week. If you'd sure. like to come along, Come. So I had 500 people that came. It was actually a good crowd. 500 people. Wow. Yeah, it was a big crowd. So in total, my database was 8,000 people. Like that's right. including business cards, sure. old customers, contacts, leads, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. Like once you – a lot of people say, I haven't got a list, Rob. That's okay for you. You had 8,000 people, but I've got no one. Well, actually, yeah. you do. You know, you've, you've got business cards. You, sure. know, you might have 500 business cards or 1,000 business cards from all the different conferences you've been to mm. or you've probably got Facebook friends or LinkedIn contacts or exactly. Twitter contacts. Yep. So you absolutely, you know, even mobile phone contacts or in your Gmail address book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've all got contacts. It's just maybe they're not in a nice formatted MailChimp <laughs> email <laughs> autoresponder system. They might be in a different format, but... Absolutely. You've got people that you can invite to a webinar or that you can even call up if you if you prefer to do it that way. Yeah. So 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you might get twenty people or thirty people to come to your webinar, or ten. Doesn't matter. Like, whatever it is, mm. it's it's still a good test. Exactly. So, so what you're saying is everyone um, has a list of people that they can, you know, do this with. I mean, it, it, you don't have to have eight thousand contacts. You might you might have a hundred contacts, but that's okay. You know, that's go, a good starting point. You might have a hundred contacts, and you might get ten people to come on the webinar, or five people. That's okay. Yeah. It's just we're just testing the market. We just want to see. Are people interested in this topic? Are they coming to the webinar? And when you make an offer, what's their feedback? Are they buying it straight away and saying that's amazing? Or are they saying no? And if they say no, okay, well, like, why not? You know, yeah. what's what's going on here? Like, why? Just give me some feedback. I'm trying to start a new business. What what would be interesting for you? Like, why would you buy something like this? And how valuable is getting that kind of feedback early on? You know, before you you spend, you know, thousands of dollars and countless hours putting a product or service together. I mean, how important is it to get that feedback right in the early stages? It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Because I spent 12 months trying to get feedback for my video business. Yeah. And we saw how that all worked out. So <laughs> if, I, if I followed this process when I ran my video business that would have been a much different result. I would have found out straight away that there's no demand for this Yeah, and you know, find a different business to get into. You would you have know? saved yourself a few months of hard work, wouldn't you? And I would have saved 12 months of hard, hard work. It would have been a lot better yeah. if, I, if I did this from the start. That's a really good point. So now you've got this book, you're, you're running. I mean, do you, do you run webinars often? Do you still run webinars these days? I do. I run them about once a week. Once a week, okay. And... Um, and then you're educating people on, on obviously a lot of these strategies and, and, and p- people are getting good results now as a result. And I'm sure you're, you're helping a lot of people out there. Yeah, they're getting fantastic results. So I've got 65 positive reviews on Amazon for my book. Fantastic. I've got dozens of testimonials on my website. So my clients and my readers are getting great results from implementing these strategies. And to be honest, a lot of it's common sense. But, yeah. you know, I did Yes, it's common sense, but I didn't do that common sense when I was, <laughs> you know. It wasn't common back then. <laughs> there's a lot of smart people that aren't using common sense. So it's um, the book's a free download for your for your listeners. They can just go to feedastarvingcrowd.com to get it as a free download. It doesn't cost anything. And yeah. it's it's a really smart thing to do. And I wish I had this book when yeah. when I left my job the first time. No, definitely. Well, tell me something, um, Robert, because you work with so many different people and businesses all around the world. Uh, what, what's the, and, you know, a lot of people who start a business when they come from places like the corporate world, they're smart people. You know, they've got an MBA a lot of the times, you know, they've, they've done a lot of courses in education. Some of them are in senior management. Why is it that they still make the most basic mistakes when they start a business and, you know, we see the stats, 8 out of 10 businesses or 90% of businesses fail in the first two years. What are, what are one or two of the most common mistakes you see people uh, making when they get started? You know, and what would be a suggestion you could give them? Um, yeah, so one thing is um, obviously not having, a starving, not having a starving crowd. That's the yeah. first one. Yeah. Second one is they're working on the wrong activities. So mm. people will, you know, start a new business and they'll start a blog you know, and they'll spend a whole week writing a blog article. Yeah. You know, or they'll spend uh, three weeks setting up their CRM and autoresponder system and accounting system. And like, yeah, I'm working. I'm setting up my CRM today. Or I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my accounting system today. Well, that's not work. Sorry, yeah. it's not work. Um, when you're starting a business, the only work is actually talking to customers and making sales. Yeah. Everything else is admin. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, you need to be focused on, revenue generating activities exclusively because cash flow is, is the hardest thing to come by when you're starting. And the only way you get exactly. cash flow is when people pay you money for what you're selling. Yeah. 
So you've got to be so out that, there. That's the biggest mistake people are making. It's not not focusing on sales. It's just focusing on all the other stuff that it, it feels like work. Like, yeah, I'm setting up my CRM today, but that no one cares about your CRM. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not going to help make any more sales at all right now. It's no. great to have in the future. It's not, not, not bad to have one, don't get me wrong, but sure. it's not working. It's a working timing. is selling. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you aren't out there either testing whether your product or service has legs or if you're not talking to customers or you're not, you know, trying to do something to generate revenue, then you really haven't got a business. You're you're doing everything around it but to support it, but you haven't really got anything viable at this stage. That's right. And it comes down to the fear of rejection. So yeah. people just don't want to hear no. But sadly, you know, it comes <laughs> down one day to making an offer to people and, and making it happen. Um, so that you have to just focus on generating revenue for your business until you've got enough that you can potentially hire a salesperson to do that for you. Yeah, sure. You know, or if you don't like it, partner with someone that is good in sales and they can be, you know, either an employee or a business partner, depending on how you want to structure it. But someone in your organization needs to be doing sales. Absolutely. Now that's a, that's a really good point. So you don't have to be good at everything in your business. You can partner with other people. And, um, and if there's someone smarter than you in a particular area, maybe work with them and see how they can help you and leverage. Definitely. And it can be in different formats. Like for Mm. example, I've got, um, you know, I'm not an expert in finance and systems and processes and business structures and things like that. Like I know about it all. I've got an MBA, so I I studied this stuff, but Mm. The actual current legislation for things like that, I don't know. You know, I, don't, I need to I need to get advice on that. So I've got you know lawyers and advisors and things like that, and you can just pay them by the hour. Like you could just you know buy an hour of your your solicitor's time to look over some of your legal agreements if you need to, or you know if you want to look at you know how to structure your finances in the best way, you can buy an hour of your accountant's time or your financial advisor's time. Yeah. So these guys don't have to be full time employees and. Like when I first started my business, you know, I didn't have staff. Like what I did was I just paid consultants. Mm. And so it's a bit more expensive. You might think, oh, wow, I paid $100 an hour for that guy or I paid $200 an hour for that guy. Like that's a lot of money for one hour. But, sure. but if you had to have them as full-time staff, it cost you 10000 a month. So I'd rather Absolutely. pay – I'd rather cop it $100 or $200 and pay a bit of a premium but not have the liability of a full-time CFO, you know, or a exactly. full-time general manager, yeah. And also by you paying or buying, you know, one or two hours of, of a professional's time, you're saving countless of hours of your time trying to figure this stuff out on your own. Cause it's, and it costs you a fortune. Like as an example, you, you, might, you might think, oh, I'm really smart, I'm doing my own agreements. But if that agreement goes bad and you get sued, <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot more. You know, yeah. that, that $500 you should have spent on the lawyer would seem very, very cheap compared to, compared- you know, in the litigation and all that kind of it's a mess it's a absolutely, real mess absolutely. so yeah. it's it's better to spend a little bit more and get the agreements right um up front it, it's a false economy to think you're, you're saving money not by not using professionals yeah now that's a good way to look at it but you know buying an hour of someone else's time so that you can potentially not only cover yourself but ensure that you're you're not liable for things that you just are out of your depth yeah and also yeah. like you know setting up the business in the right structure so yeah. You know, some people might just leave corporate and just start trading under their own personal name. Now, look, I'm not an accountant. I don't want to give advice on that. But, sure. you know, there's some, there are some potential pitfalls if you, if you just trade out of your own personal name, you know, yeah. or if you, um, you know, if you don't protect your assets and things like that. So yeah, that's exactly something right. you should definitely talk to an accountant about because business is a risky venture. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully nothing goes wrong. And if you do the right thing, most likely nothing will go wrong. But it's important to protect yourself um, against any of those 
um, potential things that can happen. Yeah. Now, now talking, Robert, about um, you know, let's say the differences between corporate and being in your own business. In corporate, you mentioned you had all these structures, you had all these people around you, you had all this expertise, and that's why corporates are successful. In your own business, um, you've got a, you've obviously got a team around you. They might not all be working full time with you, like you said, but you've got professionals, you've got smart people that you've you've assembled and you work with. You know, how important is that? Uh, to someone who's just getting started in business to start looking out for partnerships, to start looking out for, you know, who, who are some smart people I can surround myself with? Yeah, really important. So yeah. you, you definitely need advisors in the different areas of business. And mm-hmm. so those advisors might be, like I said, someone that you buy an hour of their time once a month or once a year or whatever however you need it. Mm-hmm. And there might be other advisors that you need on an ongoing basis. And, and there might be um, employees that you might want to bring on once you start growing the business because obviously you're going to start with yourself. Yeah. But then and then you can work out whether you want to, you know, if you've got cash then you can bring in employees and pay them a salary. Sure. And if you're a bit short on cash but someone else believes in your mission, then you might talk about bringing them on as a partner and have them having some equity in your business. Yeah. So there's there's different ways to bring people in. You know, um, you can, it can be, yeah, you can just pay them for their time or you can have them as an employee or you can bring them as a business partner. Okay. And each one of these has pros and cons, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so my, my preferred way, like by default, is to just pay someone as an advisor. That You get an invoice from them, you pay it, it's, it's done, <laughs> and it's a finite pe- period of time. Yeah. And, and, and then my next step is to then bring them on as an employee if possible. Right. And then only finally then you look at a business partner because, you know, there's a lot of intricacies involved in bringing in a business partner. You need to be you know, quite smart about how you do that. Yeah, and it's about developing win-win relationships and all yeah. of that. Yeah, and, but the right business partner can be fantastic for your business because yes. if they fill in a gap that you don't have and yes. you know you don't have to put out cash immediately to have them in the business but they get paid on their future profits and that's, that's a great option as well. Mm. And what about um, having the right network around you as well in terms of a support group or having a, a, a you know, some mentors and, and maybe even a business coach and things like that. How, how important is that for people to start looking up to be a part of a community, you know, to help them along the journey? Cause it's pretty lonely when you're running your own business. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like things like what you started up is mm. fantastic because you've gone through that process and you know what to look out for. And yeah. you know, <laughs> but if you're just starting a brand new business by yourself, just leaving corporate, there's so many, you don't even know what you don't know. Exactly. That, that's the thing. You don't know what you don't know. That's, yeah. that's, that's the worrying thing. So, it is. With such a busy lifestyle that you're living at the moment, what is a normal day for you? How does your day look like on a regular basis? Yeah, look, every day has got a lot of variety, which is the way that I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, I'm normally doing a couple of different tasks. Um, one of them is like my own marketing for my own business. Yep. And then, um, so I, I kind of break it into three different aspects. I've got my own sales and marketing for my own brand and my own business that I do work for clients. So I, I help them with their sales and marketing. And then I've got like administration and general stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it'd be nice one day to, to have that all delegated and, and not have to do any of it. And yeah. I'll get there eventually. And, and it's a good journey to go down. But um, right now, like even still, I'm, even I do some administration work and stuff like that. It's just um, some things that of, you as a business owner need to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you find do you find when you're helping other people or when you're working with other people to market their business, is it a different 
um, sense in, in the way that, you know, you're working on your business? Do you put in the same amount of passion um, in your business as you would in someone else's? Because you're obviously, you know, it's, it's a different perspective. Yeah, look, it's different hats you have to wear. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, quite often it's easier to work on other people's businesses than your own because yes. you can look into someone else's business and go, oh, yeah, fix that, fix that, fix that. Then you look yes. at your own and then yes. it's like, oh, yeah, maybe I need that for me too. So yeah. it's it's interesting. And quite often I learn just as much from my clients um, as they learn from me, which is great. Like I've got clients that are yeah, multi, multi-millionaires, just sure. very, very, very wealthy people. Yeah. And um, I can't proclaim to every single thing that they know but they they really trust me as a marketing expert and that's why they bring me in because i'm good at what i do yeah because you've yeah. got that skill set and it's probably not the best use of their time to be marketing their business so they bring you in and then you can you're not attached to it and you can see things objectively and you can you can pinpoint them in the right area definitely and yeah. like even for things with my business when i bring people in like i can do web design and web coding but i choose not to yeah. because there's a lot of people that can do it just as well as i can probably better than me yeah and you can bring them in so same with marketing so that like my clients are very smart people and mm-hmm. potentially they could do it themselves if they really wanted to but for them to learn all those different disciplines of marketing and to bring it all together they'd rather be out there growing their business yeah, rather sure. than making them yeah no good advice and now for someone who's starting out new in their business, so as you know, a lot of our listeners uh, might be relatively new to business, so some for the very first time, some might have been, this might be their second business or they, they're transitioning into a new business. Um, how much time would you say needs to be allocated to one, just getting the business up and running and generating sales and, and cash or uh, building strategic partnerships so that you know you can leverage yourself in the future? Is there some sort of a sweet balance between those two? Yeah, look, there's, I always say you need to work on small, medium and large things all the time. So yeah. you need to hunt down the small, quick, easy wins that are, that are going to get you cash flow today and tomorrow. Yep. But then if you just focus on all the small stuff, you lose track of the big stuff as well. So it's always good to have a couple of really big things going in the pipeline that you're excited about, but that might take six months or 12 months to come in. Yeah. But, but if you just did that and you didn't focus on the small stuff, then you're not going to eat next week. So we need to, <laughs> we need to have a, a balance between both of those different elements of business. Good, good advice. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, what about now, I know that you're part of a large network of people, um, entrepreneurs, you know, people that are successful, coaches, etc. How important is it for someone starting up in their early days to be a part of a network to find a network of people that can support them to help them grow to nurture them etc it's extremely important and it's it's good to be in different types of networks so there's one where you can be in networks with people that are similar to you yep and that's good because they're going through the same things that you're going through and they're more of your peers yeah sure. but it's also good to sometimes rise to the occasion and to step up and to be in a group that's a bit more advanced as well Mm. so because that means that you're going to see other successful people and how they're doing things and you can learn what they're up to. So, for example, if you're, let's say, an accountant, you're starting your first accounting business, it's not enough necessarily to just be in a league of accountants. It might be worthwhile to be talking to other entrepreneurs in other businesses so you get a different, broader perspective. Absolutely. And okay. you just don't know, because different people approach their businesses differently mm. and quite often sometimes you'll find that an approach that's very, very common in one industry, if you use that in a different industry, it could be very powerful. Sure. Yeah, because no one else is doing it that way. No, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, um, 
I think you've shared a lot of fantastic uh, pieces of advice and um, I've been making a few notes over here. I know it's going to help me as well. Uh, what I'd love to do now, Robert, is as we get towards the end of this podcast is get into this section we call rapid response. It's really kind of shooting from the hip. You know, I'm going to ask you a few questions and just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. And um, there's no right or wrong, but I think it'll, it'll be fun. And uh, are you willing to get into it? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So what is your favorite mode of learning? Do you like video, audio, reading? Do you go to seminars? I like written. I'll tell you why, because I yeah. get through it the fastest. Like I know if there's a video, I've got to sit there and wait for an hour, but the audio or the, I mean, the, the written, I can just flick through it and skim it. Oh, written as in, so you, you're, you're a reader. I'm more of a reader. Are you a speed reader? Do you very fast? Yeah, I just skim through it and and pick out the best parts. So I could read like a yeah a sixty minute video in you know five minutes of reading, which just better use my time. Good, good. Okay, favorite role model uh, or hero, and why? I like Winston Churchill because he was just such a a real hard nosed and and just such (laughs) a determined guy that um, I always think if I've got a challenge of business, like if I could be as tough as Winston was, then that's that's something to aspire to. Yeah, that's a real leadership um, character there. Yeah, mm. you made some tough calls. Um, awesome. Okay. Now, do you have a favorite quote, maybe from Winston Churchill or someone else? And, and what would that be? Yeah, I do like Winston's one of, of never give up. So okay. that's, that's something that's very powerful because as an entrepreneur, there's always times where it just seems really tough. And yeah. if you have that dogged determination to say, no, I'm going to keep persisting with this then that's a great way to think about things. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, what about a, a cause or a charity that you support? Do you have one? Yeah. Uh, with a few of my colleagues in the last business I worked in, we started up a like a, a Facebook page called Punky. Punky. And it's about, yeah, it's called Positive Uplifting News Network. I and so it. with that, yeah, we, we share uh, very inspirational stories every day. Um, yep. There's uh, like 140,000 fans on the Facebook page. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and it's a it's a great little way to give back because there's so much negative news out there right now. So mm. to share positive news is always a nice thing to do. So so that's basically just uh, positive, inspirational news for anyone who just. That's wants. right. Yeah, like cheers up your day. Awesome, I love it. I love it. And I don't know if we talked about this earlier on, but uh, tell us something a little bit different or quirky about you. I mean, you know, something that we wouldn't normally read up on your profile. <laughs> Yeah, look, there's a lot of things. Um, (laughs) One Uh, thing that's quite quirky is that I have a stand-up desk. Oh, So I actually don't sit down when I work. I I stand up all day. Like right now I'm standing up doing this podcast with you. I I type my email standing up. I'm I'm up the whole day. I've got a little desk where I can sit down if I want to, but I never tend to use it. I'm I'm standing up now after you've just said that. But but why do you stand up? What's the the story behind that? Uh, It's... It's better for your posture from what I've read. I'm not an uh-huh. expert in science or anything like that, no, so okay. check with your physician. Yeah. But, uh, from, from what I've read, it's, it's a lot better for your posture and I feel I've got more energy by standing up rather than sitting down and slumping in my chair. It just forces you to, to be upright and I feel like I'm in a better mode. Awesome. Great. Well, I loved all, all the responses. They're really good. And um, you know, all the information you've shared, Robert, in this podcast is going to help a lot of people who listen to it. Um, tell us a little bit about what's happening with uh, Feed a Starving Crowd moving forward and how people can get help from yourself. Yeah. So I've got my book, which is a great resource. And I've also got 
um, an online training platform that has some of the latest and most cutting-edge marketing strategies for different people to learn. And on top of that, I've got a fabulous online community where there's a lot of experts in there. And whether you're a seasoned marketer and a business owner or just getting started, you can get in there, ask questions, share what's working for you. And it's a very supportive online community. Awesome. Well, look, I love the work you're doing. I think you're coming from all the right spaces and everyone out there who's listening to this uh, can use some of the advice that you've given. It's it's tough to be in business, but it, it doesn't have to be with the right advice and with the right help. So, Robert, very much appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, for coming along and, and being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Gavin. All right, mate. All the very best. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Cheers. If you like this podcast and would like to understand a little bit more about what was just discussed, then you're in luck. Simply head over to breakfreefromcorporate.com and we have a fantastic bonus gift waiting for you to download. All we ask in return is that you leave us a review on iTunes and or Stitcher, whichever you use. And lastly, help us share this podcast around with your friends, your colleagues through Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus or LinkedIn. We truly appreciate all your support and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode of Break Free From Corporate. Once again, to access previous and all future episodes, visit breakfreefromcorporate.com and subscribe today.